Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. All right, welcome to episode 26, which is my age. Oh, <laughs> well, we didn't say that about the last episode, which was my age. I, well, I thought you would, but... No, I use a battery reference a, instead. Right, <laughs> the iPhone, the iPhone reference. Well, happy... What is it? What would it be called? You know how you have like golden, your yeah. golden birthday. Happy golden episode. Oh, happy belated golden right, episode yeah. to you. It's a little too late for me. I was a little wrapped up in how to do math <laughs> in the last episode. Your golden birthday, though, was the f- your fourth birthday. Yeah. How'd that go? You know, it was one for the books. <laughs> a real rager. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a slide involved. Oh, well, but I can't be sure. You know, I don't know why adult parties don't have slides now. They really should. I would love a good slide. If I went to a party and there was a slide there, I'd be like, well, this is about to get real weird (laughs) in a good way. Good to know. (laughs) I'm just saying at your wedding, there should be a slide. Oh, is that what you're saying? That was really actually what I was trying to segue into. Understood. If I tried to go down a dress. uh, Oh, you don't have to be involved. Just have champagne in my dress. It would have been. It'll be a fun time for everybody. I'm going to be in a suit. So I've. I can totally rock a slide. Yeah, no one's going to be... Also, a moon bounce would be ideal for me. All right, you just write your list of demands (laughs) and uh, get them to me, and I'll see what I can do. Okay. All right. Cool. Those are my top two. Also, get the blank check ready, because obviously you're fronting all of these things. (laughs) Oh, with my magical wallet of endless money, right? Okay. Yeah, that. Okay. Looking forward to it. Great. So anyway... (laughs) What's the haps? What? (laughs) <laughs> nothing dad what's up <laughs> you know at work i don't know who's listening at work to this but some i won't say who i'll just say someone at work told me this week that their pet peeve is being asked what's up what what the hell am i supposed to ask you then? what it, what like, why someone how is that a pet peeve like i walked in and i was like oh what's up and they went can you not say what? that it like it's really my pet peeve to hear that and i was like what the Wait, are you serious? What am I supposed to say? What are you supposed to say? Like, uh, how's it going? That sounds like it's the same awful thing. as well. Yeah. What if you say like, um, hello, good 
madam? Yeah, like, how fare you yeah. on this fine afternoon? Uh-huh. Good morrow. Good morrow, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, have there been any news from town? <laughs> I don't know anything about old words. I, uh, I've just been avoiding her because I don't know how to start a conversation you can't now. speak to a person unless you're like, what's up? Because that's a normal thing to say. I could say, hey, and then when she says, hey, back, it's like back on me and I don't know what to do. It's like, maybe you just start talking about yourself. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's it. Well, I said, what's the haps? So maybe you could try that. Okay. I'll, I feel we'll like s- it's unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw her off. Anyway, what's up? I, um, can you actually not say yeah, that to uh-huh, me? Because right. it actually does make me highly uncomfortable. Okay, good. Um, I'm currently drinking white wine today. I thought you should know. What? Which is a rarity, but it's, it's, it's really friggin' hot out. So I was does, is white Does white wine make you colder? Well, because it's refrigerated. Oh. Right. Refrigerated. Okay. I have just only proven again that I don't know what alcohol is, apparently. I mean, <laughs> to actually think that, oh, white wine makes it cooler. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it might as well. That's your role on the podcast, so own it. I mean, if you were really that hot, you could just get a milkshake like me. I could, but. Always cold. You know. Always hot off the press, but cold off the machine. Sure, that's really clever. So what are you drinking? <laughs> Every The same thing I drink all the time. All right, you just get mad when I don't ask, so. Yeah, as soon as I like have like a routine down, all of a sudden you start asking, and now I feel it. I used to mix it up and have variety. Not anymore. All right, well. I thought if you weren't going to ask, why would I try? And now you're asking. It's like, well, shit. Now that's why you got to make something up. Okay, well, then I'm drinking... I don't know. You should I, take improv classes with me. I don't want to. You I've, failed real hard just now. Yeah, I know. I felt it. Um, anyway, why are you drinking? Hmm. Well, hmm. I don't know. You know what? I don't know either. Uh-oh. I forgot to prepare. Are we having a good week? Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no. no. This can't no. be. <laughs> Bring me back. Bring uh, me back. Uh, oh, I'm, in a, I'm still dating Allison, which is a, I, it's long distance. Ugh, that's why so I that's... fucking drink. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> uh, no, so long distance sucks. Long distance sucks, it but does. it won't be long distance forever. It's just for right now. Yes, but it does suck. I I totally feel you on that. Um, that's a legit reason. I um, think so. Yeah, I drink because. What is wrong with us? I don't know. This are is... we growing up? Oh no! Oh no! No! Oh, that can't... take it back. Take it back. Can't I don't want be it. Good. The podcast is going to crumble. <laughs> The whole theme is self-sabotage. <laughs> what else can I be if not self-degradating? Well, you can... Degregating. What the fuck You cannot know word? how to talk. What else can I be except self-degregating? Deprecating? But, like, degradate... De- <laughs> degrade yourself. Right. Yeah, I know, Self-degrading. I for fuck's sake. Self-deprecating <laughs> and degrading. School. I could. Maybe that's why you drink. Um, anyway, uh, do you have any announcements? I do have a couple. Uh, I just wanted to say we're super excited. We set up our store officially. So we're selling merch online. We have a wine glass. We have t-shirt. We have, um, some tote bags. You can be either team wine or team milkshake. And we're having a production meeting soon to, um, come up with more merch. And a lot of people have requested geo merch, which obviously is at the top of our list, but we want to make sure that before it goes out, it's, you know, hundred percent. So we are prepping that, um, but you can go to, and that's why we drink dot or it also links from our website and you can, um, pre-order some fun stuff. And if you're a Patreon donator, you also get a discount. So, Ooh, that's, that's fun. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, and I wish I were a Patreon member all you know, of a sudden. 
Do I get a discount on my own shirt? Mm, no. You're going to have to pay full price. Okay. Well, <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> Give me your credit card. <laughs> oh, um, I also want to add that we created a new, a lot of people have requested this, a closed Facebook group where everybody can go on Facebook and, you know, request. It's sort of like a secret group where you can go in. Just It's similar to the My Favorite Murder one, and people can discuss, like, episodes or, you know, submit uh, suggestions or just talk um, with each other so and get to know each other so we're gonna we created one of those um and we originally had one for patreon donators um so instead we're gonna try and transition them um our patrons uh to other rewards like a um monthly facebook live chat and that kind of thing um and then make the the group open to all our listeners just so everyone can you know engage and get to know each other so mingle among us mingle among us and it was em's idea to do the facebook live and that's going to be actually pretty fun so it is a nice q a yes, per chance that could be fun because we get a lot of i don't know about you but on my twitter we get a lot of questions yes so. i know and it's hard to like keep up with all of it but so yeah so patreon donors will have a facebook live q a type thing um we are also where i don't want to say anything yet but we're in talks of doing some very interesting side projects that may or may not have anything to do with the podcast oh they're so good they're just they're just things that now that i have a platform i want to do some ridiculous shit so but i feel like they both do they both stem. i mean they have things they it's just not a podcast it'll just be a different media you guys will love them you will love them so that's all in the works it, it's like honestly gonna i feel like gonna be a f- huge couple months upcoming mm-hmm. for for stuff that's happening um, buckle up buckle up we're finally getting like the funds to put all of this together and create some really awesome new projects and patreon donators are also we're adding new rewards for two dollar donators and we're adding as many rewards as we can to keep you guys you know interested and engaged and we just love you so much i'm i'm pretty stoked about the things that we've talked about in private so far oh they're good they're real doozies (sighs) so geo's involved geo's definitely involved geo's he's crazy involved so if you would like to be a patreon donator and see some very interesting things coming out that probably make no sense to anyone else but me and christine but (laughs) we're gonna do it anyway (laughs) then you can find our patreon and that's why we drink.com yes and also last thing um before we get to the stories regarding patreon another thing we're gonna add is um that you guys will get to be more involved in like making decisions so like submitting merch ideas or like voting on merch ideas voting on t-shirt designs um you know, get like, uh, content or get not necessarily content, but like news or info sooner than other people. You'll get get to tell us what you want and we'll do it. Exactly. And chances to like access things earlier than other people. So that's another thing we're adding. So it's, it's, it's all in the mix, all in the mix. So thank you for everybody who's already a donator. We cannot thank you enough for helping us make all this work. And now we're going to stop, uh, you know, blabbing and, Oh, Okay. Get to this. We're going to make M shut up because she keeps talking. By making me talk about ghosts? Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's your turn. Shut me up and make me talk. Got it. All right. I can do both. We're going to make Christine stop talking so much. Stop drinking, really. Kind of forgetting words everywhere, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I sounded very coherent. Yeah, especially with your degradation earlier. You know, English isn't my first language, so. Okay. (laughs) Throw that out there. (laughs) (sighs) That was weird. I thought it I was... I liked it. It was soothing. Extremely charming. It was. It was soothing, but in a way that I wasn't prepared for, which made it uncomfortable. Definitely. And I think all our listeners felt the same way, that it was definitely not soothing. 
Uh, who's Theron Schultz? I don't know. Oh, I thought they might be related to you. They just pledged $10 to Patreon. So oh, thanks. It's almost like they read the airwaves. Oh. Theron Schultz, thank Well, they you. just heard me go, I don't know, like, like an asshole. Well, it's with a T, too, and your name doesn't have a T. Schultz. Oh, thanks for knowing how to spell my name. Is it Theron or Tehran? Or is it the Ron? Well, I only ask because... Oh. Like, I only ask because I know a Tehran who spells like Theron. But my my brother-in-law, his middle name is Theron. Oh, so it could I'm, be... It could... I'm going to go with Theron. Let's go with Schultz. Okay. Thanks, Schultz. I like that. Okay. Let's get into some stuff. So what, what knowledge are you raining on me today? I'm going to bestow upon you a real treat. Oh, boy. Because, okay, so I've been here many times. It's, like, one of my favorite um, attractions. Oh, I thought you meant my house. I thought you were like, oh. I've been here many times. It's one of my favorite. I was like, oh, that's so <laughs> well, sweet. That's, that's Put your your head's blowing up. Wow, I'm very... Okay, I was talking about Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, that's, that's definitely not the same thing. Okay. Nope. At least I, at least I hope not. I, I mean, I, I like your place a little better. Alcatraz is one of those places that I've always wanted to go. It's like I my bucket list. Love Alcatraz. I've, I've gone on the tour a bunch of times, but as far as I remember, I only vividly remember going at least three times on the tour. Wow, it's the same tour every time because it's self guided, so it's like a recording, and you put the headphones on, you just walk. That is and it's so like, cool. Turn left here, and then. But it's, it's really good. So uh, just going to hit you with some knowledge first before we get into the ghosts, because we're here to be educated, aren't we? We're here to teach you all about the things that you don't know that we are so smart about. The School of Schultz. Yes. And the School of Schieffer. All three of those words uh, are S-C-H. Schieffer Schultz School. school. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> In German, it's Schule, so we could be Schieffer Schultz Schule. We could. You're like, no, I, we, I, I mean, I mean, the possibility is there. True. You want nothing to do with that. I see it in your eyes. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. So Alcatraz was open between 1934 and 1963 there during the time were up to 1500 inmates and it was not a place for rehabilitation. It was just punishment. Minimal privilege was not meant to be like it was it was just where all of the worst of the worst criminals go. Right. And um, it actually started in, like, the 1840s when Alcatraz was first taken over by the U.S. military, which, what the fuck isn't taken over by the U.S. military? But um, <laughs> Political commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so it's an... Is that the name of the island, then? Alcatraz. Right, so it's not just, like, the prison. It's, like, the name of the... I, you said it was built in the 30s, but then you said it existed in the 1800s, so I'm confused. Yeah, it was, it was still called Alcatraz, the island. Oh, Okay. Um, I literally don't know anything about it, so... Okay. Sorry. Take you on a journey. Uh, so it was taken over by the military, and the first prisoners started all the way back then in the 1840s. That They were, like, court-martialed military convicts. Oh. And then later on, it was always... They always put prisoners on there. They always... It was always an island, because it's... I guess you haven't been there, so I should probably explain. It's literally an island in the middle of the water that's too far away for anyone to escape from. Got it. So it's like a giant rock. Like when you go to San Francisco, you have to take a ferry to get sure. there. And it was known as escape proof because it was in the um, middle of nowhere. And so that's where they put the worst got it. criminals because they couldn't get away. Even if they escaped, they couldn't get off the island because if they tried to swim, they would either drown uh -huh. or it'd be so cold uh -huh. and it was too far away. Okay. So it's always been kind of meant for that or yeah. used for that. Okay. And um, so it was originally court-martialed military convicts and then 
over time, like during the Civil War and everything, there were also Confederate soldiers, Southern sympathizers. They also at one point had Native American leaders. They had Spanish prisoners during the Spanish, uh, Spanish-American War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, did, I didn't write it, so I freaked out and thought I wouldn't know what I was talking about, even though it's pretty upfront. And every prisoner that they took on, they had no running water for them, no heat, no latrines. <gasps> there was disease. There was infestations. And this is like back in the 1800s, so it's not like, you know, diseases you can just knock out sure. with medicine later. It's like, oh, you're going to get – you're in trouble. Also, prisoners were bound – just to keep them on the island and not trying to run away, prisoners were bound by chains that were attached to actual iron balls and confined in sweat rooms, like uh, sweat boxes. Oh, no. Yeah. So those that was the first litter of people before this was even an official jail. Got it. Okay. So then 1911 is when Alcatraz built, like, became Alcatraz. Gotcha. And it was officially named United States Disciplinary Barracks. So, like, it went back to just being, like, military prisoners. Um, it was the army's first long-term prison and it quickly gained a reputation for being super tough. Mm-hmm. Um, there were strict rules, a restricted diet, hard labor, confinement, and they still had the ball and chains. The ball and, I, like, that's just crazy to even think about that. I thought that, like, I mean, I know it was real at some point, but it's weird to report on it and be like, oh, this is the exact time period it was yeah, used. Yeah, it doesn't even seem like a real thing anymore. Um, okay, so it was essentially escape-proof and it was... When they first started recruiting people to work there, they had the best available guards from all the federal penal system. Mm-hmm. Like, they went through the entire system in the country and found the best wardens and the best guards. By best, do you mean, like, most strict? Or? Like, most strict, most tough, most wouldn't take shit from anyone. Sure, okay. Because they were then going to f- go through all of the jail systems in the country and find the toughest, hardest people oh. and put them all on that island. Oh, my God. So, uh... The inmates only had five rights. It was food, clothing, a cell, a weekly shower, and the right to see a doctor. Other Jesus than that, Christ. Other than that, they didn't have anything. Oh, my God. The uh, worst inmates in the country were moved here, and a lot of them were even high-profile inmates. So, like, famous bank robbers or, like, Al Capone. Sure. Um, so it was pretty regular that when new shipments of prisoners were coming over, there would always be a, quote, celebrity... Oh my like God. criminal, a celebrity <laughs> right. criminal. Right. And uh, some of them were Al Capone, uh, George Machine Gun Kelly, not the rapper, the kidnapper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Floyd Hamilton, who was the driver for Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, shit. And uh, Robert Stroud, who's also known as Birdman. Ooh. You want to know about him? Yeah. The first bullet I have is an aggressive homosexual. Oh, boy. Get him away from me. I <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he was also, like, brilliant, like a genius. He was actually on, like, a, he had the IQ of a genius. But he was also homicidal. Homicidal. O-M. <laughs> I mean. Homosexual homicidal. I know you're really homophobic. So it's like. <laughs> I homicidal. Know. He was a homicidal sociopath. Oh, that's not good. Who had a very Jekyll and Hyde personality where he would just snap out of nowhere. So. Good. You know. Good. We, we could analyze that further if we want to but i'm just gonna go with what's on the paper why was his name birdman do we know i'll let you know okay because before they brought him to alcatraz he was staying in leavenworth prison mm-hmm. leavenworth 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 and while he was there he was allowed to have birds in his cell well it, uh, because 
he was like he was big in the bird world like he had like a P- <laughs> no 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 hang, calm, calm down hang on i knew i was gonna say it and i knew you were gonna get weird he had like a phd in like and like uh, a aviary isn't it ornithology sure okay why are you looking at me like that i don't know i'm trying to think i think it's ornithology yeah it is right yes okay i know you don't believe me no no, no i do i do ornithology uh, yes you're yes he uh so while he was in jail at leavenworth he found baby canaries <gasps> and he raised them and started like a breeding program and so because he was helping um other prisoners they allowed Shit. him to have birds in his cell and it got to a point where he had he had so many birds that they took up two cells <gasps> um, i don't know how the they were able to like they just had free cells to like offer up to birds so like just like we're new inmates where they're like mm, we'd move you in there but there's birds and they take priority i uh, i don't like birds okay well maybe that's a proper punishment for some people then uh, maybe they'd put me in that cell <laughs> um uh he was doing research while he was in prison about birds and actually came up with cures for canary diseases and wrote a bunch of books and actually <laughs> sorry I, like, I don't know how it's canary. Some diseases. people actually do this job. Believe me, my stepmom was like this huge bird watcher and bought me all these books and stuff. So now I can't take it seriously. Oh, OK, good. I mean, I know it's a very real thing, but so he actually made a lot of contributions to like the ornithology world. But he was also a terrible person, right? Yes, he was also homocidal. A homocidal. Yep. Sociopath. Guess we found our title. It's so <laughs> in- I, know, I know. I already mentally noted it. Okay. But, so wait. Why did he care so much about birds? Like, I don't know. Don't, I just like birds. I know, but don't sociopathic people like... I mean, it's like if I went to jail, I still like Back to the Future. <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay. But that's not a living thing. I mean, no. I mean, I like dogs. Yeah, but you're not a sociopath. Oh, I understand. Like, if you're Sorry. a sociopath who's like, yeah. like one of the main things of a sociopath is you hurt animals. No empathy and you hurt animals. But oh. I guess maybe it's just like a hobby type thing. Maybe. Okay. Also, there are sociopaths out there who... who like are aware of their impulses sure who are like lesser on the maybe he's like i don't want to kill animals i just want to kill people sure because he did actually um get out of jail and then he uh murdered a person and then he ended up going to alcatraz got it where he was not allowed any birds oh sad so i guess not really sad but also it's weird that they called him Birdman of alcatraz when he had no birds at alcatraz maybe all he did was talk about birds you know, I bet he was that weird guy at yeah. the mess hall. Must have been. Nobody like, sat with oh, him. Oh, do you want to talk about dodos? No, no. Nobody wants to talk about that. No, no to the dodo. Birdman. You're such a homicidal sociopath. <laughs> ah, okay. Ready for the next bullet? I mean, no, but go ahead. <laughs> I'll try my- to steal myself. So at Alcatraz, there were, in its entirety, which was... Let's say 30, almost 30 years. It was 29 years that Alcatraz was open. Um, there were 14 escape attempts of thir- 36 inmates, and only five ever made it out. But of the five that were able to escape Alcatraz, they it doesn't actually mean that they escaped. Like, we don't, they just don't know where oh, they went. Oh, they just disappeared. There's a source that suggests that they got to Brazil. Okay. Which is, I mean, you could have just gone to shore on San Francisco, but I guess... They headed to for Brazil. Brazil. What, do they, like, swim there? It was actually one of the more famous breakouts. I mean, they only had, like, five breakouts or something. Sure. One of the main breakouts that happened, that's actually, like, a really big story when you go on the tour. Right. Is there were three guys, two of them were brothers, and 
they wanted to break out, and so they uh, stole spoons from the mess hall, mm. and then for, like, months, they were slowly, they had, like, a like a metal vent in their wall yeah, uh, in each of their cells. And so they like pulled it out and they were scraping out the inside of the walls <gasps> with spoons until they got to the vents. And then they, uh, there's like a barber, like a barber shop, kind of like how in orange is a new black. There's like a hair cutting area. Right, and stuff right. like that. They were stealing, um, cut a pair from the ground <gasps> and they were working with another like work area and right. made fake heads with the fake hair on it and everything to make it look real. And one night they dug through the entire wall and climbed up through the vents and left the fake <gasps> head in Shut the up. in the bed so it looked like Oh my god. When the cops went by and uh when the guards would do like a head count. Yeah. They saw the head and then by the time that they had escaped, they'd already escaped. And they had been working also um with another work task, like another shift. Sure. Where they were making slowly a raft. Oh, my God. And so they snuck out, and then by the time it was morning, um, even, like, the the guards were like, why aren't you standing? And then, like, poked the guy that was sleeping, and the head rolled off the bed <gasps> and realized that every, they were gone. Oh, my God. And then they never got found. But in theory, it's, um, they got to Brazil. Wow. So they really vanished. Like, they didn't. Yeah. Them, and then there was another group of two men who also got away and nobody knows where they were That's so amazing. only five people ever escaped and it you we don't even know for all we know all five of those people like the raft broke and they just drowned like oh most, sure so they just right. but they got out without getting caught they got somehow out. yeah in total there were 36 people who tried to get out and only five were successful so 36 oh wow that's crazy mm-hmm. yep and yep, yep, successful, yep. we don't even know if that was successful. The other, well, this this one wasn't successful, but it's the most famous um, escape plot, mm-hmm. at least, of Alcatraz. It's called the Battle of Alcatraz, and it happened in 1946. And uh, these six inmates, um, there were, like, if you, because, okay, so if you look in the prison... If you look up, you can see the second floor and the third floor, like the tiers of cells. And there were, on the second and third floors, there were spots where the cops and the guards would stand with gun racks. So if anyone tried to escape, they'd just shoot them down. Sure. So there, I don't remember exactly how they escaped or how they plotted to, but they needed to steal this tool that would bend the bars. And then they needed to steal the keys off the cop so they could jump up there and grab a gun and then holds everyone hostage until they could get out okay so there were six inmates that pulled pulled that together and actually grabbed the keys and in like such an like coincidental way the cop who had those keys forgot to put back the gun key at one point so it was somewhere else so they had the keys and didn't have the right one to grab the (gasps) guns oh my god so they ended up i don't know how but they ended up getting a hold of different guns and they ended up shooting down like uh, a bunch of the cops. Well, they, they killed three of the cops, but they wounded 11. They also wounded a bunch of inmates who were just in the way during the gunfire. Um, it was really messed up. Two of the cops, they just locked in a cell and then just shot them in cold blood. Oh. Like, they weren't, oh, no, they couldn't no, even no, hurt no, you no. anymore. That's so fucked, dude. They ended up, so out of those six, three of them, this, it was such a wild riot that they ended up calling in the Marines, the Coast Guard, <laughs> the Navy, the Army, like everyone. And the Marines ended up having to drill into the ceilings of the jail and, like, throw grenades down there. Like, it got wild just to... Because they could just hear everyone on the island 
being held hostage and getting shot up. So it's literally a battle. Yeah. Alcatraz, like yeah. A violent battle. And so um, they, three of the men realized, oh, the, they're about to get us. So, well, let's just go like wander off and pretend we're part of the mix of hostages. Sure. And so that way when they come in here, we won't look like we've done anything. And the other three decided to hide in this corridor, like this little passageway. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Marines found the three of them and shot them on sight. So those three died in the corridor. The uh, Out of the other three, two of them were executed, and one was given um, a sentence of 100 years because they decided to spare him because he actually was trying to help the wounded people. Okay. But so those were the two main wow. breakout stories. And both of them are told on the tour. Wow. And, like, you can actually see the things. Like, they'll, they'll say, now look up. There is where they tried to bend the bar. And it's kind of creepy because the bar is still bent. That's super creepy. Like you can, it's like they didn't change it. That's, and they have a key hanging, which was the key that they were trying to find. And that's chilling. Mm-hmm. And you can you walk by the actual cell. Like if you stuck your arm in, like they don't have it glassed off. You can really put your arm Ugh. inside the cell and see where like they have like a fake head lying in the bed, and you can mm. see the vent that's still open and like the spoons. That's wild. It's really cool. It's so cool. And I want to go so bad. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's like a, what a six hour drive. Yes, I'm already excited. Okay. Okay. Uh, so in 19, okay, so this is where I'm going to start talking about, like, the, the gruel, gruel, I was going to say gruesome, and I was going to say cool. It's kind of like Mean Girls. Gruel, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the food they served. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Tell me everything. No, it wasn't that great. I'm sure it was. I looked it up. Literal gruel. Probably. Yeah. So in 1937 alone, just that one year, 14 of the prisoners went insane. (gasps) And not just because they were stir crazy from being locked in a cell. They, like, went insane. Um, So just to give you an idea. um, Oh, also, fun fact, mental illness at this prison, they, like, didn't tolerate it. They thought it was just an excuse to get out of work. Ugh. um, Because they were so tough. Sure. So... This one's really sad. Uh, one inmate was getting his hair cut by the, another inmate who was a barber, whose like, job was to work in the barbershop. Uh-huh. They were also lovers. <gasps> and the barber had just like a weird trigger oh, and no. with the scissors oh, no. stabbed him oh, while he was no. sitting in the chair oh, no. and killed him. So that was one guy. One inmate was at work. Ooh, this is my favorite. He was at work where he was in the kitchen, took a butcher knife. Mm-mm threw his hand on the table and while <laughs> laughing maniacally chopped all of his fingers off what the, what and then he th- threw the butcher knife on the table put his other hand on the table and then looked at the cop and begged him to chop the rest of his fingers oh off oh my god because he couldn't do it with the other hand anymore oh my god the whole time laughing maniacally what the fuck yep and also spurting blood out of his spurting hand. blood okay so that guy's name was Percival. He was apparently a gangster in a bank. Percival? Purseful. Purseful? P E R S F U L. What a weird name. Mm-hmm. Um, another inmate slashed his own throat <gasps> with a pair of broken eyeglasses. Oh, no, 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 no. And then he tried to scale a chain link fence because he knew if he knew, like, one of the rules is if you try to scale the fence, they'll shoot you down. So he intentionally, like, slashed his throat and then tried to climb up and then they shot him down. Um, That's so fucked up. Another guy sliced through his jugular vein with a blade from a pencil sharpener. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. So it was believed that more men in Alcatraz, by percentage, it was believed that more men suffered mental breakdowns at this jail than any other federal prison to date. Oh, that's so sad. Although I don't necessarily believe that because a lot of prisons have more than 
I guess maybe it's based on like an annual. I don't know how it would be based, but there was only 1,500 inmates in 29 years. There's a lot of jails that have, like, I'm sure Rikers or. Sure, sure. And how, how they determine mental breakdown from yeah. the 1800 or 19, right. 1900s. So I don't know how that how that stat is these days, but sure. it was worth mentioning. Youch. So the first years of Alcatraz were known as the silent years because one of the main rules at the time was no prisoners could speak, sing, hum, whistle, do anything that involved communicating with each other. What in God's name? So uh, inmates were allowed to talk for three minutes in the morning and two hours on weekends. Al Capone was uh, regularly put in solitary confinement because he always tried to talk anyway. Of, of course he did. This reminds um, me of, was it Eastern State Penitentiary? Mm-hmm. He was also there. Yeah, and also they had the talking rule. Yeah. Oh my God, okay. Um, so Capone also went insane during his stay here, but that was because of his syphilis. Syphilis, right, right, right. Uh, so guards reported that he, this was like when he really was starting to lose it. Like sure. they knew he was, he was losing it. Right. He would refuse to leave his cell to go eat. He would uh, be found crouched down in a corner of the cell like an animal. Uh-uh. And he'd be mumbling to himself or babble and baby talk. and he Or sometimes he would just sit on his bed and just stare. Or he no, would no. strum the same chord over and over again on his banjo. I like that he gets a sound. banjo because he's Al Capone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would mumble. Oh, yeah. He would mumble to himself. He'd play banjo. He would stay in his cell and just make his bunk over and over again until the sunset. Oh, my God. And he also, it hit him to a point where he feared for his life to do anything with other people. And so they gave him approval to just sit in the shower during rec time. And he would bring his banjo sometime and just play in the shower. Oh, no. So he just was losing it. Um, But one of the ghostly things now is people will, if they're ever in the bathroom by themselves, they'll hear a banjo playing. (gasps) Whoa. So here are the different cell blocks and the interesting things that happened in them. So block A. Okay, I wrote the notes a certain way, but I actually just want to explain it without looking at my notes. There's um, underneath the cells in the basement, Mm -hmm. there are dungeons. So last time I went, I went with Cap. Mm -hmm. And she told me that when she had gone the time before we were going together... She knew someone who went on the tour and made friends with one of the tour guides and was like, can you show us anything that isn't on the normal tour? And then they said that they got brought down to these dungeons. Oh, no. So when Cap and I went, Cap did, like, went up to someone and was like, can you show us something that hasn't been on the tour? So I have seen these dungeons, even though they're not part of the tour. Shut up. Pretty cool. They're really, actually, we only got to be there for, like, 30 seconds because we were the last tour of the week and they, like, were trying to shut down and we were like, take us somewhere. So... I got a glimpse, but I'll describe it to the best of my knowledge. Okay, so when you're on, like, the main hall and you're looking around and you're in the jail, block A, right in front of block A, there's a staircase that you kind of have to walk around. Okay. And it doesn't go up. It goes down. It's, like, when they don't want anyone to use the stairs, they can just slam a door. And so you just see, like, the railing of the stairs, but there's a door that covers you actually being able to go down. Okay. Does that make sense? Kind of like um, like a city street, you know, how those things that you don't walk on because they might always fall through? Ah, uh, yes. Kind of like that. It was, like, just, like, a metal slab. Got to. And if you wanted to lift it up and go down, you could. Um, so down there are the dungeons. And uh, basically, there it's a steel door. And then when you get down there, it looks like a catacomb. Like, it has, like, a lot of corridors. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, like, stone archways, and it's – they used to be, when it was, in a, like, a, a military fort, it was where all the gun ports were. Oh, okay. And there's also fireplaces down there, but they weren't actually used 
to like to stay warm or anything. It was actually to heat up the cannonballs so that during war they could shoot cannonballs at people and the cannon would be <gasps> the the cannonball would be so hot that whenever it landed it would also catch things on fire. Oh my god. So they would make the cannonballs like white hot and then shoot them what and then the things would catch on fire. Okay. Um and prisoners at the time used to be chained naked to the walls in a standing position for like 10 hours to 12 hours a day. And so, um, that was, that sounds like torture to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also, there was only one toilet down there that everyone had to share and it was only emptied once a week. Oh, and you only got two cups of water and a slice of bread each day. So you were basically in pain and torture the entire time. But because it was down in the basement, um, no one could hear your screams. Oh, no. Um, one employee actually walked past the door in the last couple of years. Uh, this is just one of the ghost stories to throw in. One employee walked past the door to the dungeons and heard a loud scream of, like someone down there in pain. And she ran the other way. And then when her boss was like, why didn't you report that? She said, because yesterday someone tried to report someone getting screamed at. And when they went to go check, no one was down there. Oh, great. Um, but so when I went down there, also, I wasn't going to throw this in, but just real short, um, kind of like bookends at the very beginning of this Island ever being used and lived on, um, native Americans were on there. Oh, okay. And then at the very end, after Alcatraz closed, native Americans were like, we want to take back our property and sure. tried to live there for literally like six months and then realized they couldn't do it because it's an Island and you can't get food. And right. Like it's right, a, right. it's a cement Island. It's not like, it's like, Oh, there's a tree, a be- like a lush <laughs> Island. Right right, right. 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 So, um, but so when, I don't know if, it, I'm assuming it was after the fact, but um, when I went down there, it still has like markings from when like the Native Americans took back the land. Wow. And so what it looks like, it looks like you're in, imagine like a, um, like a 10 foot tall fireplace. Like it's just like a cement hole. Like right. there was no fireplace to it, but it was just like, it was big and it looked like a giant chimney that you could stand in. Right. And each of those little holes had um, metal hooks in the ceiling and that's where the handcuffs used to be. So people would just have their hands cuffed to the ceiling and they'd stand there for 12 hours and each chimney looking thing was essentially a cell for someone to stand in. God. But when I went down there and you could walk around and see, there's like little drawings from like, like children living down there. There's like tic-tac-toe on the wall and there's like little kid stick figure drawings on there. No. And they're old. They're outdated. Like as if like they look like they've been sitting there for a while or a handprint could have smeared them a little bit. But it looks like after it was abandoned, it looked like squatters lived there. But it it was tribal families. Oh my god! Like using wow. the space, and it looks like they were each little chimney area was used as a room essentially. How crazy! Then there's cell block C. I didn't really find anything about cell block B. So if anyone knows anything about cell block B, let me know. Boo! Cell block C B. Let's skip it. <laughs> so cell block, and I'm doing this in order, by the way. Well, I was waiting, and I was. Kind of. I was like, there's A through D, so let's start with F. I was surprised. <laughs> okay, so um, cell block C uh, is a cord. That's the corridor where the three convicts had um, tried to hide in a passageway and got shot down during the breakout. Okay. That's why I told that whole story. So um, that happened in the 40s, and ever since then, you can still close off the corridor with, like, a giant door. And anytime you close it, you will hear, like... Like, it sounds like bullets being shot back there. And you'll hear, like, clanging, like something's hitting the door. And if you open it, there's nothing there. And it'll go totally silent. And then if you close the door again, the sounds will come back. Oh, my God. So people will regularly hear men screaming. They'll hear, like, guards saying, get down. They'll hear clanging, like bullets are hitting the metal door. 
and then there's nothing there every time they open it. There are also reports of um, a couple of men wearing, like, prison fatigues and, yeah. uh, like, walking around in there. So, like, if the door's open, you'll just see them walking in there. And supposedly it's those three men that died in there. Oh, um, shit. The convicts that tried to break out. And prisoners in cell block C would also rattle their chains to signify if a guard was beating someone. <gasps> because at the time, you in the silent years when you couldn't talk... They had to find other ways to communicate to each other. So if you saw your cellmate getting beaten, people would shake their chains to let you know that they were getting hurt. (gasps) And um, and so now sometimes you'll hear chains as if someone's getting beaten in there, but nobody actually would be there at all. Oh, no. Oh, no. Also in cell block C is a laundry room and there's a smell of smoke um, as if something's on fire, but it's a deserted laundry room. No one's used it in a long time. But guards will still go in and investigate, and a couple times they'll find this thick black smoke that's so overpowering that it it drives them out of the room. Oh, my God. And they'll go get help, and when they come back, not only is there no smoke, but nothing has the smell of fire. It just just totally vanishes. Oh, God. So sometimes you'll see, like, a a billowing cloud of fire smoke, and nothing's there. Right. Um, That's also because in 1970, after um, they closed... Some of the natives were still there, and somehow a fire happened and actually destroyed a lot of the <gasps> property. So a lot of it still looks like it's like it's rubble from a fire. Oh, my God. Um, one psychic actually went on a tour of um, the jail and got to the laundry room and sensed that there was a fire. And then also uh, sensed that in the same laundry room, someone who was bald with um, beady eyes... like was standing there saying that he had been killed there oh god so the cool thing about this is she went because she got paid by like cbs or some news show to go investigate this place like put her powers to the test and they also brought a former convict from alcatraz to go with her to confirm or deny anything that she said the fuck so when she said oh there was a guy that got murdered in here and like she described what he looked like yeah the ex-convict was like oh yeah that was butcher (laughs) <laughs> and she he was like his name was abby maldowitz okay but i guess they called him butcher because he was a hitman before oh. they caught him and they said yeah he was murdered in the cell block um the c block laundry room oh and then God. describes him away from her and their like their identities matched up oh no so um people uh people have been touched and grabbed on the back of the neck um this is all over the jail I'm going to get to the D block last because it's most interesting. But throughout the jail, people have been touched, grabbed by the back of the neck. They've heard disturbing things whispered to them. Um, Investigators have gone in there and asked for names and have gotten full names of uh, inmates. So one of them was Harry Burnett, who Mm. was an actual on-record convict. Um, They asked, where do you think you are? And he wrote, I know where I am. This is my hell. (gasps) Oh, fuck. And by wrote, I mean said. And by said, I mean EVP picked it up. But like, <laughs> but it said, it said, I know where I am. This is my hell. What the fuck? And then one spirit tried to grab a female investigator and said, I want you. <gasps> and she, like, remembers feeling someone grab her on the butt. Uh, one spirit in the basement said that he feels too guilty to leave. <gasps> and... Uh, Shadows are often seen walking in the catwalk, like up in the right. top tiers. Um, and they'll also see them behind the bars. So instead of thinking, oh, maybe there's like a shadow casted from the windows, they can see the bars 
one color and they'll see a human shaped shadow behind the bars walking back and forth. Oh no. And one of them is Birdman who regularly walks around his cell and will walk through the wall towards the library, which would be where he was doing all of his bird research. (laughs) Bird research. Um, One uh, warden could also hear sobbing from inside the walls. And whenever he said like, stop making that sound, this cold wind would like hit him in the face Banjo music came from the shower and also came from prison walls. There'd be apparitions of Native Americans, military inmates, and guards. Uh, a man will appear wearing a gray suit with a brimmed cap and mutton chop sideburns. Sure. And when you see him, the temperature will drop and the power will go out. Oh, no. And there have been a couple times where the guards were doing overnight patrolling mm-hmm. and they had a flashlight and like a movie, the flashlights would turn off and their radios wouldn't work and they would just be stuck there with a guy. Nope. Standing there with nope. his mutton chop sideburns and then he vanishes oh my god um there also a lighthouse that isn't there anymore will appear out of nowhere if you're far away enough you'll just see the lighthouse as if it never crumbled and it will glow like have like this beacon light that's bright green yeah and once the light goes around once when you like the second you look away or blink the the whole lighthouse is gone oh my god um you'll also hear this weird sound with it and that sound will go away when the lighthouse fades away um, there's phantom gunshot sounds. There's phantom screams. The screams sometimes are so real that they would send in, like, the seasoned guards because they were too afraid to find out what was going on. Like, the screams were so scary that people who heard them thought that prisoners must have broken out and had weapons oh, and were shooting down no. the place. Like, they were that real of screams. Um, night patrolmen will hear people running around on the upper tiers and the hospital ward and mess hall, you'll both hear uh, screams of inmates because in the hospital ward and the mess hall, they used to handcuff some people to the table until they finished their food or until, like, if they were having a mental breakdown, they'd be cuffed down until they could calm down. And so you can hear them screaming still. And there's also unexplainable crashing sounds, screams, cell doors that close on their own, cold spots, dramatic temperature drops moans chains rattling and the constant fear and feeling of being watched oh god um last thing i want to say is uh d block mm-hmm. um it's called the strip cell okay and it was also known as the treatment unit unit Uh-oh. treatment unit i don't like the sound of that because it was made for the hard to handle inmates so the ones with mental illness bad attitudes violent tendencies etc and the, they were dark steel cells that when you close the door behind, it was pitch black. Um, the inmates would be stripped down to wearing nothing. They'd be given water and bread once daily and oh. a mattress only at night. In the morning, they would take the mattress away, so you're just sitting in a cement cell. Oh, my God. The toilet was a hole in the floor with no sink. I'm assuming no toilet paper, so do what you will with that information. Yuck. Um convicts had no contact with others and would spend their time entirely in pitch dark solitude and they were allowed they were not allowed time in the yard they were not allowed shower time and they were not given reading materials as if that's going to help anyone with a mental illness i know for god's sakes um inmates could be sentenced to as long as 19 days there and one convict was so dangerous that he actually stayed for three years straight (gasps) every 19th day they would have to reassign him oh no um, they would, uh, this nowadays, if you go in there, they make sounds, um, on their own as if someone's still in there. Like you can stand, you can. So one of the things on the tour is they will let you, the 
recording has like a paused section or you can pause it yourself Mm -hmm. if you want a longer time. But the solitary confinement cells are open and you can close them behind you. No, thanks. So I've done that where, um, so there's one that I haven't gone to yet. It's, It's cell block 14D, which is the most haunted room in the whole jail. And it's the solitary confinement that the, like the darkest stuff has happened and the people with the wildest energies have been in there. And it's open for you to like, if you want to put your phone flashlight on and look around, you can, it's really depressing looking. Or you can stay in there by yourself with the door open if you want. Or if you want, you can even ask one of the tour guides to close the door and keep you in there for 10 minutes, which I've done. Why? I want to know what it's like. I like, I wanted to know for the, um, the paranormal feeling. Sure. And the second you go in there, it's like there's a hundred people staring at you. Like, I've never felt such heavy eyes on me, and I'm in literally pitch black. But yeah, it's like, it's the creepiest feeling. And also, on the tour, I didn't put this in my notes, but on the tour, they tell you that the way that they would keep themselves entertained in there is they would bite one of the buttons off their uniform, and they would throw it and cover their ears so they couldn't hear where it landed, and they would just spend all day trying to find the button. Oh. And then just keep playing that game. For 19 days. And, uh... But it is the weirdest feeling. You t- absolutely do not feel alone in that room. No. Like, it's guaranteed. I've Like, everyone that I've seen go in there and come out looks creeped out. Like, they just felt a million hands on them. <sighs> so one of the things that they would also do is they would make noises like bang on the bars um, for other prisoners to know what was going on. So, like, they had, like, a tap code, essentially, so they could try to communicate with each other. Right. Um, and, but, so... These cells also happened to face the Golden Gate Bridge, which had, like, fierce cold winds. So during the winter, it was even worse because, like, this winter wind would be shooting into them all day. And they're naked. They're in a dark cellar with no mattress, nothing to warm them whatsoever. And some of the wardens were dicks enough that they would also put on the AC. That's so fucked up. uh, So there was a lot of psychological torture, but... um, on top of people having to be admitted to the hospital ward later for insanity, it was also like pneumonia and arthritis from just being on cold cement for right. weeks. Right. Um, convicts would also get sent there. Convicts who did get sent there would also regularly get beaten up by the guards, and there was nothing anyone could do. Oh. Um, when they, whenever someone heard, you know how if someone like drops a tray at a restaurant, everyone claps, even though it's like the dickish thing to do. Yeah. Like, it's horrible to do. Um, in Alcatraz, this one was getting beaten up. All of the other inmates would scream and like rattle their chains. Like I don't know if it's to amp up the of the guard or I don't know what. That's the most terrifying thing. Well, I've ever heard. the terrifying thing is people have said that when the beatings were really bad and all the other prisoners would start like the prisoners who see it are making noise, and then it starts growing and growing, and the entire jail is doing it. That you could hear it off of the island. You could hear like just a full just oh my god men chanting and. And chains rattling. Oh, my fucking God. Um, so cell 14D was the, the cell I was just talking about. Um, a ghost in there one time, an inmate went in there, and maybe he was losing it, but he saw a ghost in there that said that his legs had been broken by guards and he was left there in solitary confinement to die, which <gasps> on record did happen. And he oh. had never talked to this guy before because he can't talk at Alcatraz, so how would he have known that? Oh. Um also in the 1940s, an inmate was in there, and he was screaming to get out because a thing with glowing eyes was trying to kill him. And they heard him scream all night, and they ignored him, and then the next morning, it was silent in there. So they went to go check, and he was dead. Oh. And they 
found out that he was strangled, but the marks on his neck suggested that he didn't do it. What the fuck? Because, like, you know, if you, like, if you tried to strangle yourself, your hands are going to be a different position than totally. if someone else did it. And, um, and it, he didn't strangle himself, but he was definitely strangled by something. The fuck? And so now people in there will say that they see the thing, like the thing with glowing no. eyes. No, 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 no. Um, and also the weird thing is when that guy died, the next week after that, the guards were doing head counts and would regularly count too many prisoners <gasps> and they would keep seeing him in the crowd when they were doing head counts. And then when they would like do a double take, he'd vanish, but they kept seeing him and getting their numbers wrong when they would try to count the prisoners. Oh fuck. So now in the cell, like I said, there's just like this gloom intensity, um, that someone's always staring at you. An apparition of a man dressed in late 1800s prison attire will show up. The cell is always cold, so even in the summer, if you go, and the entire jail is really hot, even the other solitary confinements on that block are really hot, you go into 14D and it's always cold. Ugh. And that's that. So then Alcatraz closed in 1963, started doing tours pretty quick after that. Yowch. And that's that. That is, gives me the... Heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. My turn. Your turn. I'm going to tell you about... Uh, oh, so this actually... I want to give credit. Um, this was sent to us via email a while ago uh, by Rhonda C. Hey, Rhonda C. Hey, Rhonda C. She's also a Patreon uh, supporter. And she sent this a long time back. And I had had it saved in like a suggestions folder. And I went through it today. I thought this would be a fun one to do. Um, so this is uh, the story of Mark Twitchell. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to... Oh, he's also known as the Dexter copycat killer. Hmm. Mm. I like that. So in 2008, a man named Gilles Tetro met a woman named Sheena on the dating, app, the dating website Plenty of Fish. Mm-hmm. Which Blaze was on before we started dating. My mom and her boyfriend met on Our Time. <laughs> I was on OkCupid okay for a hot minute. Um, yeah, so he uh, he was on Plenty of Fish, and he may, met a woman named Sheena. So after a couple of days, uh, Sheena invited him on a date. She asked him to come over to her house, uh, but use the back garage entrance because it was the easiest way to get to her suite. So he was kind of like, that's a little weird. I see some red flags, but he also said he was trying to get himself out there and meet new people, so he went anyway. Uh, when Tetro arrived at the garage, uh, he was violently attacked by a man in a hockey mask. Oh, my God. The man prodded him with a stun gun and threatened to shoot him. And he said his first thought was, is this Sheena playing a trick on me or something? Because at this uh, point, uh, he had been talking to her so regularly that he just assumed yeah. she was still in the picture. Um, so he turned around. He saw a man in a ho- hockey mask hovering over him. Um, at first he thought, you know, maybe this guy's trying to mug me. Um, but then he saw the attacker's gun and realized I'm in big fucking trouble. And this is not about Sheena. So he lunged at the gun, realized it was fake, which is when he started to actually fight the guy back. Um, so he actually managed to escape. And the man who had lured him there was 29 year old Mark Twitchell, an Mm. amateur horror filmmaker. Oh my God. Um, so Mark Twitchell was born on July 4th, uh, of 19, I did not write the year, I believe it was 1978, but I'm not sure, so we're gonna go with that. Okay. Uh, he lived in Alberta, Canada. Oh, Canada. Ah. 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 
Oh, to be Canadian. Anyway. Yeah, so Mark Twitchell was an amateur horror filmmaker. He had made a short film in his garage mm. a couple weeks prior. I'm sure. That's, was it a good movie? That's as much of an amateur horror filmmaker as he was, so probably not. Okay. A week later, after um, Tetro escaped... Uh, 38-year-old Johnny Altinger, who worked at an oil field equipment manufacturer, told his friends he was meeting a woman that he had met on PlentyOfFish.com. Mm. His friends started to get worried when they received weird calls from him explaining that he had met a woman who wanted to take him on a long trip to Costa Rica. No. His boss then received a resignation email, but when the boss uh, requested a forwarding address for his final paycheck, he never heard back. Which is a big red flag, because... You're going to get that final paycheck. I mean, you quit a job. I, mean, I want that final paycheck. Give it to me. As a hashtag millennial, give me the final paycheck. <laughs> no, as a hashtag millennial, give me the fucking paycheck. Give it to me. And if give I, me that. If I don't ask for it, I'm probably dead. Yeah, so exactly. Just know that. Um, so his friends were worried, obviously, and they decided to break into his condo to see if, if he was all right. They found his passport, dirty dishes, and no indication that he had packed anything for a trip to Costa Rica. Uh, so they contacted the police and a homicide investigation was launched. Um, it turns out that Altinger thought he was meeting a woman that he'd met online, Sheena, when he showed up at the garage. When he arrived, arrived, he was ambushed by Twitchell, who hit him on the head with a pipe and used a hunting knife to stab him to oh. death. Oh. Before dismembering his body and disposing of his remains down a city sewer. <sighs> no. Ugh. I know. So Twitchell was arrested on October 31st of 2008 and charged with the first degree murder of Altinger. So Tetro, who was the the first guy, right, the guy who escaped, testified in court during this trial. And Twitchell admitted to attacking him, but explained that he had staged the attack as part, an, part of an elaborate hoax for a book, movie, and online entertainment project that he was creating. Oh, Jesus. He was hoping that Tetro would write about the experience in the garage on the internet to generate buzz for his horror film. Uh, this guy, Tetro, actually ended up many years later writing a book about his experiences called The One Who Got Away um, as a way to kind of process mm -hmm. the trauma and all that. Um, so during the trial itself, the key piece of evidence that investigators used was a document they found in Twitchell's home called SK Confessions. Oh, my <laughs> Twi oh my twitchell admitted to killing altinger and also to writing the document um, but he claimed the document was mostly fictionalized and that he had acted in self-defense so do you want to guess what sk stood for sk confessions I, was gonna, I wasn't gonna say it was shauna something but is it serial killer <laughs> it is serial killer is it <laughs> <laughs> wait oh you mean sheena the woman sheena that's true i didn't even think of that i know if her last name started with a k Ooh, i wonder if it did maybe sheena k confessions yeah. The Confessions of Sheena Kay. It sounds like a... Like it sounds a, like a, The Secret World of Alex Mack. Yeah. It reminds me of like a beach read. Mm -hmm. You know, like a, a romantic Written beach read. Written by Stephanie Meyer. No. <laughs> oh, may, maybe though. <laughs> it has another... He said it stands for serial killer and one other thing. Um, is it something I could guess or is it too far out there? I think so. It's a person's name. Um, no, it's, I don't know. It's his favorite author. Oh, Stephen King? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Son of Sam or something like that, but yeah. that was not... But you were on the right track. It was it was his favorite author, so 
He explained that the SK stood for Stephen King, his idol, or serial killer. You Mm. know, whatever you prefer. Um, And the opening paragraph was as follows. Quote, This story is based on true events. The names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. Hmm. This is the Not story. Innocent. No, no, no. This is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. Ooh. Okay. You know what? He had the right idea of an original story, though. Sure. It was interesting until it was real. It sounded like an SVU opening. Like, mm-hmm. dun dun. This story <laughs> is based on true events. Dun dun. But um. So it turns out that Twitchell, an amateur horror director, as I said, was infatuated with the premise of the show Dexter and saw himself as the, oh my. as Dexter. Um, he and I don't know if any. I watched the first episode of that show and I couldn't deal with it. But it's a show where Dexter kills. He's a serial killer of people who, quote unquote, deserve to be killed. Right. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like he kills people who yeah. are bad guys. Right. Right. Um. Basically, he believed he was Dexter, and he followed his own movie script in killing and dismembering his victim. So he wrote the script before he ever did anything, yeah. and then was like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, like, this is my script. Oh, right. good. Um, so a lot of the info uh, in the document was deemed too difficult to read in court and too upsetting, uh, but I'm going to tell you. By all means. You know, it might be too upsetting for a jury, but. I told you the LaLaurie Mansion, so I kind of had it coming. Right. You can never complain ever again. Nope. So, Plus, you gave me a girlfriend and a dog and a podcast, so you we, can say whatever the fuck you want to me. We need to start writing all this down. I owe you every good reason I'm in L.A. You know that this is recorded, and I can play this back for you anytime you ever <laughs> I feel want. like you're going to make it into a ringtone oh, for me. Oh, for sure. Every time I text you, thank you for everything you've ever given me. You know what's going to be? My first dance at my wedding. Oh, good. I'm going to come out. And Blaze and I are going to have to dance to that. Um, I'm going to read some quotes from the book. Okay. To, uh, so just warning everybody, it's pretty fucked up. Okay, so supposedly um, Twitchell played with Altinger's head as a hand puppet. Oh. Quote, I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like it was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. He said the murders were pranks. Um, and he said it was a prank to try and get, uh, you know, buzz for his horror movie out there on the internet. Right. Good PR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, Twitchell testified that Altinger got angry when he learned of the quote prank and attacked him. So in self-defense, Twitchell knifed him in the heart, <gasps> then panicked, cut up the body and dumped it down the sewer. Uh, okay. Sure. Uh, he talked about, this is awful too. He talked about cutting open the torso of the victim and watching the organs slowly collapse. Oh, my. He said, if I had a sense of smell, this might be disgusting for me, but I only find it fascinating. Ugh. So I guess he didn't have a sense of smell. Um, He also said, as far as killing goes, most people fantasize about killing and it only ever stays a fantasy. They don't have the disposition or the stomach to go all the way with their dark urges, but I do. Mm -mm, mm Mm-mm. I do not have any reservations about disposing of the negative people in this world who deserve a one-way ticket to the afterlife if such a thing exists. So wait, why? what was so horrible about these people? Or, like, he just picked them off the street and was like, oh, they're bad, so this makes it okay. He just wanted to kill them. Kill somebody. Um, But actually, there was one person he wanted to specifically kill who was uh, a former boss. 
um, who he said was a twisted old fart who hated life and everything in it. I owed it to the world to remove him from its glorious surface and would take my chance when I was ready. But again, he was arrested before he could. That I think, boss better think his lucky stars. Seriously. So he had, I mean, as far as I can tell, he was practicing for more. I mean, he messed up the first one. Managed to kill the second one, got caught, but I'm sure it would have mm-hmm. continued down. Right, eventually a, he would have been seamless. A bad path. Um, he di- self-diagnosed himself as mentally unstable, writing... Nope. Well, you're, he's not wrong. Yeah, he, he's not wrong. He Nail wrote, on the head. He wrote, I had found out through introspection and discussions with therapists that I am, in fact, a psychopath in almost every clinically defined sense. Oh, well, as long as he's in the know. And they didn't use that in court because they said... Like, he can't diagnose himself. Like, that's just not proper. I think that's the one diagnosis I would allow. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's why they were kind of, like, conflicted. But then they said, you know, if he said, oh, I'm, I'm perfectly healthy and normal, right, right, you right. know, it wouldn't be acceptable. But he was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years on April 12, 2011. Um, he's currently incarcerated in Saskatchewan Penitentiary. And he actually has, I found his dating profile... Um, on a site called Connect for Canadian Inmates. What? Yeah. That exists? Yep. No. How, wait, what technology are they using to be able to do this if they don't have a phone? The internet. So they're allowed to just Google whatever they want, talk to whoever they want. Actually, I think the way it works is, I don't know if they get to use the internet, but they get to pay $35 a year for a profile, and then it's supposed to set them up with pen pals. So I think it's... They get this account, this profile. I don't think they technically use the internet themselves. And then they get matched with outside people who are interested in writing letters to them as pen pals. I'm sure there's like a, like a, a non-digital version. You know, paper and pencil is cheaper than 35 a year when you're living off commissary. But they get those profiles so that a bunch of people can, write, can find them online. Oh. You know what I mean? I feel like if you have like... It, once you've hit a certain level of criminal act, you should not be allowed. Like, well, that's, oh, you can't have parole, but we can give you the internet. But that's the big debate about it is that like some, I was reading an article about, because this has existed in America for a while, but this is the Canadian version was instituted a few years ago. Um, and the big debate is obviously like, are we harming the general public by letting yeah. these people interact? But at the same time, like there are people who, there was one man who was in prison for drug charges like having marijuana and so Mm -hmm. he was able to make relationships outside of prison with people so that when he was um you know freed that he had relationships to like help build up a normal life so it's very i feel like that's different though than being a murderer i mean sure so it's hard to draw the line between like who's allowed to be have access to the outside world and who's not right 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 but yeah so it's very controversial it's very controversial but, you know, I mean, there are, like, prisoners are allowed to write to people outside. That's true. Anyway, so. That's true. But so his profile, um, as of January 2017, he still has one. And uh, I got a little excerpt for you. It says, I'm looking for an interesting, intelligent, open-minded, delightfully imperfect woman to relate to and share amusing observations with, as well as potentially a long weekend every few months if it gets there oh. naturally. It also says... My crime doesn't define who I who I am or represent me at all. My creative engine never slows, so I produce artwork constantly and craft novels or screenplays to manifest my relentless imagination. I'm insightful, passionate, and philosophical with a great sense of humor. I enjoy tennis, chess, and clever storytelling. 
I Love the Rain, and the music of artists like Sia, Jackie Avancho, and Arcade Fire. You know what? Him and I have a lot in common. Me too, right? That kind of creeps me out. A little weird. Um, but that's where you can t- they can take advantage of people, you know? Yeah, I guess also thinking about it, if it were like old school letters, at least no one's giving their direct address anymore. You know? What do you mean? Like if they were writing letters to someone, they would be writing to a personal address and could like know where someone lives later. Well, this is like it sets you up with a pen pal, like a handwritten pen pal mm. is what I oh. mean. So, like, they don't use... They get this profile. I'm Just to match up, and then you guys do it old school It just... I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive, but I think it gives them access to people who want to write to them. I got you. I got you. Mm -hmm. Um, His profile, I mean, you know, better than my Tinder. It's probably why I didn't get anywhere. I mean, you should take a tip from this guy. I'm into clever storytelling. I'm into chess and rain. But again, like, the detectives who are really against the investigators who who, um, helped with... his case are extremely against it because they're like, this man should not be able to, because there are like vulnerable people out there and gullible people who will say, Oh, I can rehabilitate him. I can fix him. And you know, if he gets off parole in 10 years, you know, who knows what's going to happen. He was only 31 when he was Mm. sent to jail and he had a 25 year, you know, no parole. So who knows, but it's, it's just one thing to think about. Um, Anyway, so as I said, he thought he was kind of the Dexter of the real world. So in December 2012, Michael C. Hall, who plays Dexter Morgan on Dexter, was interviewed um, on the Canadian radio show Q about, you know, what he thought about this whole thing. Because this guy, um, Twitchell, claimed, like, he was inspired by Dexter. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, Dexter, I'm sorry, Michael C. Hall said he does not think Dexter supports a lifestyle of serial killers and that he hopes people's appreciation was more than some sort of fetishization with the kill scenes. Um, He said, quote, I wouldn't stop making Dexter because someone was fascinated by it only in that way. I try to tell myself that their fixated nature would have done it one way or the other, but it seems that Dexter, Dexter had something to do with it. It's horrifying. So I think he was struggling with that, too, about... I mean, think about us. Imagine if, not the worst popular Dexter, but can you imagine if we had someone listen to us and then, like, go do something? Be- right. Like, that's, if anyone's listening, don't do anything in our name. The pressure unless of that it's, is, unless it's good. is crazy because there are so many, like, unstable people in the world who misread or attach to things. Like, I mean, even on my favorite murder sometimes, they're like, we don't condone, like. Yeah. Don't do anything don't bad. Don't do anything. Please like, don't do anything bad. Just drink milkshakes and wine and pet dogs. Please, that's and all. And don't come near us we, or our loved ones. Just drink some wine. <laughs> don't just, come near us. Just stay, stay away. Stay away from my P.O. box. <laughs> stay away from... Just don't hurt anyone. Unless you have gifts. Don't be a dick. That should just be the... Yeah, don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. Just be an undick. <laughs> What's the opposite of dick? A vagina. Be a vagina. <laughs> oh, God, help me. Okay. Last line... In May 2013, Twitchell purchased a television for his prison cell. He stated that he has seen every Dexter episode that he missed since he was arrested and convicted of first-degree murder and still watches the series to this day. No. I feel like that's something where, like, if you're an alcoholic, you just, once you admit you're an alcoholic, you stay away from alcohol. If you watch Dexter and it 
the fantasies are so strong, it makes you do some things that end you up in jail. Don't watch Dexter anymore. Yeah, but if you're a sociopath, you don't give a shit whether it harms I guess, people. I guess also if you're already in jail, like what's Dexter going to do oh, now? Oh, right, sure. Might as, well, might as well watch it really hard now. Definitely. You're like confirming your own mm-hmm. actions. Yeah. So I feel like <laughs> if I were any sort of TV show, like I would either take after like SpongeBob or Bob's Burgers. Like I don't think that I would. I mean, you have already taken over Bob's Burgers. You're. Linda Belcher to the T. See, exactly. You've already done it. Exactly. Yeah. So there are better shows out there to, to emulate. Hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, staying on board with us and not jumping off to your death while we were talking. If you would like to uh, submit any final last minute stories, maybe they could get into the next episode of our listener stories. But if not, then you have a whole month to get out on the September listeners episode fall is almost here 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 you know that means we only have four left after the one coming out we only have four more listeners episodes for the year you're making my chest hurt (laughs) (sighs) we've been doing this for so long christine you know what that means no we only have six more until we've been doing this for a year oh my lord what oh my freaking god (laughs) that's so crazy (laughs) let's hope we make it knock on wood uh, oh wait 26 we're halfway there are this we? is our six month episode 26 times two. Oh shit high five this is our halfway happy point happy six months happy, happy half six. a year thank happy you six months. <laughs> me. all this was probably, will probably get cut it will so if you'd like to follow us anywhere you can find us at ATWWD podcast on twitter right. instagram facebook uh, you can find our Patreon mm-hmm. on our website at and that's why we drink.com. We can. also have a shop. Yes. And that's why we drink.bigcartel.com. That's right. We also have our audio boom page. Mm-hmm. Give that a whirl. And also we have um, our email. You can email us your stories. That's the best way for us to actually read them and make sure we can hold on to them for future episodes or suggestions or you know, love letters to me because mm-hmm. I know that a lot of you are burning to do that. So that email is, and that's why we drink at gmail.com. Um, we'll check it. We'll respond. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. We are madly in love with all of you. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And that's all I have to say. And that's why we drink. Bam. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.